Hello and welcome to the Girls I Wait to Me. It's a show where we have conversations that centers around faith, self-leadership, and purposeful living to inspire women to take the action needed to become better versions of themselves. It is my desire that you leave every show feeling energized and enlightened enough to live the life you truly want to live without fear. So take a seat and get ready to be inspired. See you around. Welcome back to another episode of The Girl's Eye. With me here, I have Adebola, and uh, she's going to be talking to us about the postpartum transition period, what to expect, how to find your rhythm as a mom, and how to be of support to new moms. So, um, Debola, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm so um, thankful that you decided to invite me to the girls' hive. Hello, people. My name is Adebola. I am a Nigerian immigrant currently living in Canada. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Life as Debola Knows It, where I talk about life for new immigrants to Canada, how to adjust, as well as saving tips. So if you're looking to come to Canada, you should check my um, channel. <laughs> yeah, she has a YouTube channel. So, um, and I'm a mom. How could I have forgotten? We're talking about who's part, and I'm like, ah, how did I get that? <laughs> without being a mommy so anyways i am a mom i have a 14 month old son and that's it that's all about me basically thank you, thank you Debola, for joining us i know that you're going to be sharing a lot with us today so i am excited officially so Debola, can you share with us your postpartum story was it what you envisioned or was it the case of what you ordered versus what you got when I think about what you ordered versus what you got, I cannot help but, you know, see the numerous pictures I see online of like a really pretty dress versus mm. what some Nigerian tailors would make <laughs> for you in place. Um, generally, I don't set too much expectations when going into new things like when I have a new beginning or there's like a new adventure, a new challenge, okay. I try not to set too much expectation. I just have it at the back of my mind that um, this is new. It's something I'm not used to. I have never done it before and I'm going to give it whatever it takes. So in terms of postpartum, I did not have a lot of expectation. Okay. And I'll say that um, maybe with a little bit more explanation because obviously I thought that uh, maybe I would have like more support and stuff like that but in terms of what I ordered versus what I got I think eventually I just got like I ended up having the experience as it was meant to be for me at that time so Nice. that's how I would explain my postpartum experience it was okay now going into the experience Gongon itself Gongon is um, a slang from Nigeria for those who are not Nigerians listening 
Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I walked right up until I had my baby. So I walked until seven days before I had my baby. Wow. And in Canada, you have an option of taking 12 to 18 months of maternity leave. So it didn't make a lot of sense that I waited that long. Like it wasn't as if I had just two months of maternity leave and I wanted it to be all about my child. I had luxury of time, Hmm. but I guess I just kept going to work until the very end. So maybe I'll start by saying, if there's someone listening to me and they have a lot of time, given to them for their maternity leave, you should definitely take time off earlier yeah. than a week. You know, it, it wasn't a good idea. So right off the back, I wasn't rested at all by the time I had the baby. And you know that the first couple of weeks after childbirth, it's not a time to rest. <laughs> you're not right. resting. There's, you're there's no, you know, you're just, you're trying to find the balance between, oh, will my milk come in? Am I able to breastfeed? Okay. How many times my baby pooping? You're just trying to understand this mommy life, especially for a first time mom. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a little bit challenging. But as I said in the beginning, I love a challenge. I don't run from challenges so i just i'm like okay this is what it is ah it's stressful okay let's do it it wasn't bad it was not bad but in retrospect i would definitely do a lot of things differently differently you know okay plan ahead reach out more and stuff like that nice so let's talk about okay i think you already mentioned it per se talking about the mental preparedness for motherhood what's your on that so when I think about mental preparedness, I just think about being a Nigerian and the expectation that um, you need to have a child the moment you're married. You know, there's people that nine months after your wedding, they are just, to say. Hmm. and then at 11 months, there's now some sort of prayers going up for you. And there's people checking you and asking you, oh, how are you feeling? And you, you're like, I'm feeling fine. Hmm. Do you have a more specific question so that I can address that? <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me, I don't think that it took me long to have a child, but maybe in terms of the Nigerian expectation, they, you know, there were obviously pressures after the two-year wedding anniversary mark, like, uh, what's happening? What are you guys doing? Do but do? when I think about myself, I'm really glad that I had my son when I, had him because I was ready. I don't know how to explain more than saying that I was ready. And maybe I might have echoed that from saying that, oh, postpartum, I didn't think it was what I ordered versus what I got. You know, it was just what it was and I was ready for whatever it was. So for me, pregnancy, like even when I had like my first trimester and my first trimester was horrible, you know, I felt like an alien the whole time. Like it just felt like it was not me anymore. From then right until I had the baby, I was just ready. I I knew that okay, this is something that I want. Okay. Whether I do it today or I do it in a couple of years, there's no guarantee how I would feel. 
So the best thing is to, you know, be positive about my experience and just take it one day at a time. So regardless of um, whether I had enough support, whether I was able to connect to people or not, I already understood that every battle is lost or won, first of all, in the mind. So I had already addressed my mind. I was already ready for whatever I took. So I wasn't going to, I was not going to coward out. I wasn't going to complain so much. Yeah. I remember one of my friends. Baby, come anyway. Yeah, there's no option again. I remember my friend saying maybe when my son was four or six weeks old. So we took our first road trip when he was six weeks old. And it was the six hours journey. Wow. So then when I went and came back, people were like, are you you okay? You don't even have anybody helping you. (laughs) And then they were like, oh, Debola, we think you had a child previously and you're hiding that child. Okay. Your husband needs to ask you. Like, no, this is my first child, you know. So I think that it's important for everyone going into um, motherhood to, first of all, sit down. I know that it's not always the case, right? Because you might just get pregnant right off the back. Yeah. But there are also situations where you're not even a first-time mom and you people are not planning to be pregnant, but stuff happens. Fall pregnant. You, yeah, you literally follow up on it. But um, I think it's important that the moment you become pregnant, you have to ask yourself a few questions. Like, okay, do I have a choice in this? Um, do I have a choice in whether I become a mommy to this person or not? Is there an alternative? What are my options? When you answer the questions, usually there are no alternatives especially if as a nigerian you're not going to put your child up for adoption right Mm -hmm. usually once you realize that this motherhood or parenting there's no choice in it is something you have to do and it's something you have to give your best because of your child then you also have to tell yourself that no matter the circumstance i can get through this and helping you get through this might also mean ahead of time setting some parameters or basically connecting with some people and creating support ahead of time. Yeah. I think that's more important mm-hmm. now that we've had the pandemic and you don't have the luxury of maybe having people um, visit with you or have like physical in person meetings or somebody who could come and look at your baby maybe there's something wrong you're going to have to do a lot of it yourself now Mm -hmm. so it's important that ahead of time you sort of you know test the waters decide what people you want to be in your inner circle um especially in the first few weeks because as you might know this or you might not know in your first couple of weeks um, of motherhood your hormones are still all over the place it's it's almost like you're pregnant still really because you literally were just pregnant yesterday 
And what that means is that for people who whose hormones tend to make them very emotional, you're still, you're even now hyper emotional because you're looking at a child and you're wondering, oh my goodness, did you literally come out of me? Like where? You're still trying to figure out how this happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, it can be quite an adjustment. So mm-hmm. it's important that you have a closely knit um, support system. People who sort of understand you and are empathetic, not sympathetic, empathetic towards you. So they're able to provide what you need part-time. Mm-hmm. And I remember that when you and I were having a conversation recently, we talked about the fact that sometimes it's not, you're not trying to have a conversation because you want someone to fix you or to even fix the situation. You just want somebody who will tell you that, okay, I hear you. I, I, I understand. And I'm here. It's okay. You want to vent, vent. Do not feel embarrassed. It's normal you know, it's fine and I support you. That's all. You don't want somebody to say, ah, you are now six weeks postpartum. You should be getting better now. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, that's it. Okay. Since you already touched on the support system, you know, I was going to ask you that question next um, about the need for a support system. And um, so what do you, can you just touch more on the place of finding your tribe as a new mom because um i feel like life happens and then you have a mom and then you need people who can really understand you and you might not exactly get that in your previous setting so can you just touch on that so what i would say is that especially when you live abroad i think it's easier if you live um in your own country and when i say your own country i mean like your country of birth because you know, even when you live abroad, the country you live eventually becomes your country. So in that context, I would say your country of birth, usually when you live in your country of birth, like you have support. If if not from mothers your age, is from mothers who have been mothers long before you, or aunties, you know, or neighbors. It's, I, one of the things I missed about having a child in Nigeria it's just community in terms of just having that neighbor who will knock on your door and say oh we haven't seen you in a couple of days how are you how's your baby right. <laughs> me my neighbor didn't know I was pregnant until I was mm, about 38 weeks gone that was the first time so, so we literally expecting congratulations blah 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 and then from that day i didn't see them again until my son was one years old wow so it's like i miss that but in terms of connecting and creating your cry um tribe rather i think one of the things that is important is all of your appointments that you go for here we don't have those things in Nigeria where there's like 10 people at the same time being attended to. For me, all of my prenatal appointments were one-on-one with my midwife. I never sat down with somebody else. There was never any 
communicated in that sense. But now, thank God for technology. You know, there's a lot of um, communities for mothers around, maybe on Instagram, maybe mm -hmm. even on some of the motherhood parenting apps. So the bomb, baby center. When you go on baby center, maybe not now as much because now I have a toddler, but during pregnancy and the first couple of weeks postpartum you see people posting every day like is there a mom in toronto ontario i need to grab coffee with somebody <laughs> before i lose my mind and then you see people say oh can we make an appointment for tomorrow and then you see the thread there's like five other moms saying i'm coming you know when you meet people there places like baby center you're very sure that they're coming correct you're sure that they're 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 correct people and i mean correct in the sense that on baby center on all of those apps there's already emphasis on being empathetic no judgment don't go and see somebody and say like uh -uh, your son is six um six weeks old like you look like you're eight months pregnant you know you're not going to make anybody happy by saying that right mm -hmm. so that's a way to create community um personally i'm a christian and i find that one of the other places you could create your tribe would be in church um you might want to be careful though and i'm going to just be honest because sometimes i i always say test waters you know just because everyone's going to church together does not mean that our personality um types would flow as much yes you know and that's why i was making an emphasis on like baby center itself on those apps there's like an expectation that okay and maybe i should correct myself by saying you might even find one or two moms that regardless of what has been posted they're still really judgmental and they're just still the way they are yeah but in church for example different ideologies different so I would say the best way to create a tribe would not be after childbirth. It is during pregnancy, you know. Um, me, I like to say that relationships, you have to test the waters. You don't just offload like huge deals on them at once. Like you need to start from very little, easy, non-controversial like topics and yeah. then see how they react how they react to those topics then you can now decide if okay this person would you work out is this person the type of person and just for record purpose though you don't need you don't need five people you don't need ten people if you have two people with good heads on their necks you would not even feel it you know Personally, I have lived in Canada for four years. You know, I have a lot of acquaintances, but if I'm talking about my tribe, there's probably just two people, just two. And those two people, I know that regardless of what time of the day I need, I need to have a conversation, you know, I can reach them and I can just vent, mm -hmm. you know, Maybe for the other people that I have met, maybe we'll 
you know, just as I said, there, there are different conversations that I'm like, mm, you can have this conversation. So it's like, kind of high, just sweet, sweet, sweet stuff, not like more heavyweight. And in life, right, we do have challenges with motherhood yeah. as well. There are challenges where, oh, you're wondering, one of the things that might first happen to you as a mother is having your baby break out with a rash. And you just be wondering, what have I done wrong? Like, is it the cream? You're doing research and research and research. And then you meet weird people who will tell you, like, ah, what's wrong with your baby? What's, like, why, 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 what are you using to rub that? But, and then you get really concerned. But baby acne is one of the most common things that happen to newborns. Yes. Because they as well, they're having their hope. They, too, they are trying to balance. They've been indoors since okay. this is their first time out here, right? So there's the adjustment that their body has to go through. And there are all types of acne that a baby can have that are perfectly normal. Most of them don't even need treatment, right? It's just let it go. Okay. But for a first-time mom, you might be worried. Mm-hmm. Imagine now talking to somebody who does not have that understanding. They would make you more alarmed and it won't help. Yeah. So, I um, I'm not sure if I if um I highlighted what I was trying to say, but basically, what I um what I'm making emphasis on is create your tribe before delivery. Don't don't wait because postpartum, the first moment after you've given birth, you're just you and your baby, you're both in a delicate position, like. You haven't seen the world differently. So it's better that these are people that you have connected with months before. It also helps them as well because they feel like this is like this is something that we've been, how do I put it? I don't want to say this is our project, but like <laughs> we're part of this journey, yeah. you know. And if you've brought me through, if you if I've been with you through, oh, when you had to, there was like a scare of um maybe what's this thing that happens in pregnancy that they say your blood sugar is high and we've had conversations about that and we've talked about fixing your diet obviously i feel kind of committed to you in the sense that now i'm asking oh are you eating well do you need any support do you need me to come over and just help you carry your baby for two hours while you just take a nap or something like that so All right, so lastly, let's talk about being of support to new moms. What's your take on that? What would you advise? Um, so being supportive towards new moms, I think that one has to start from a place of empathy, whether you've had a child or not. The truth is, you don't need to have, you don't need to be a mom to understand what a mom is going through. Um, especially when you hear stories, you can sort of put yourself like in their shoes and say, oh, if I was in this position, what would I, um, how would I expect to be treated and stuff like that? But for me, I told you about um, when I had my baby, I probably didn't go into detail, but I didn't have any help. It was just me. in Canada, a lot of our friends like live far away from us. So 
it was a situation where even though the pandemic had not started, I was literally, it was as good as taking care of a child in a pandemic because there weren't a lot of people. After the first week, I did not see anybody again. It was just me, you know, and my husband had to work. He, he worked like three cities away, wow. leave early, come home like 10 p.m. And obviously someone who's been working all day needs to nap at night. So there's me working two for seven with this newborn and barely getting any help. Even though I did it and it took me like six months. It was when my son was six months, six months old. I looked back and I was like, wow, you did that. Like that was challenging, but I did not allow myself to feel, I didn't even allow myself to say, ah, I'm tired. I was just like, oh yeah. Walk, 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 walk. No. Also this thing. But that experience for me has taught me certain things, like areas where a new mom needs support. Mm-hmm. Number one, they need support sleeping. And that might be challenging now that there's a pandemic. But if you have a tribe, you might be able to trust them enough to come into your home. Um, so now I know that if I have someone who just had a baby, I would volunteer to say, oh, I could, I could have my husband watch my son and come over to your place for about three hours. I need you to sleep in these three hours. Let me know whatever you need help with. Mm-hmm. Mom's multitask. So I can watch your baby and still help you try to clean a little bit or do something, especially as newborns, right? They're not yet mobile. Is wherever you keep them that they will stay, except they need like a diaper change or something. So it's pretty easy. So that's one. Um, trying to um, help them with getting a little bit more rest. But obviously, you don't want to impose that. You just want to ask and reassure them that it's not a bother. I definitely am open to giving you this support. Number two is food. You know, as a new moment, <laughs> when you have not slept since, if they say you should pick between food and sleep, me, Sha, me personally, I would always pick sleep above food. Like, I don't even know. <clears throat> if we, now, I'm just short of words because I'm trying to think about that that time again. You now tell me that I should dedicate maybe an hour to cooking. When that hour I could be sleeping? No. So definitely you want to ask if you can make them food. Actually, don't ask. Actually, if the mom is somebody who doesn't like to ask for help, somebody like me, I can just be smiling like this. If you ask me, ah, but do you need food? I'm like, no, thank you. I'm good. Thank you. You sure are dispensing at home. You say, like, there's no food. But I don't want you to bother yourself, you know. So maybe don't even ask. Just send food. Food is never enough. And, or too much, rather. Especially when you live in a country that has um, uninterrupted power supply. So that's not a challenge. You can put it in the fridge and they can get to eat. So definitely provide, like, give them food. Then also do check-ins. And what I mean by check-ins is 
understand that they might not be able to make your call yeah because they are sleep deprived and mm. even though their food might be really you do know like <laughs> me that i've not slept i'm not trying to talk to you really even though their phone might ring and maybe they might feel they're just in a state of you know what i'm not in the mood <laughs> not today tomorrow maybe <laughs> or next or and a week been that for a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah and that's fine don't take don't take offense in that text them the truth is they would reply they might not reply right now in fact they might say they reply at 3 a.m okay or that they sent it at 3 a.m or some um ungodly time because they were up thinking of baby but eventually they'll sit down and they would appreciate it you know so don't 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 grieve them don't grieve their hearts by saying oh because you've not given birth you are not picking my calls there's no need for that type of attitude um, it's unnecessary just allow them but text them say i'm here for you if you need me i whatever you need just let me know i would provide for you and sometimes the way that you offer support would also determine if they they ask for support or if they are able to be vulnerable to you so again let them know that you're actually there for them there's no judgments if you you've given bets before you know you can tell them that you understand but again in saying you understand what they are going through you have to also be careful because no two pregnancies are the same. No two postpartum experiences are the same. They might be similar. So don't shoot yourself in the leg or don't create a problem by saying, oh, I understand what you're going through. Like, I've been there. You're going to be fine. No. But just say, okay, um, I know that it can be challenging, but know that I'm here. If you need anything, let me know. Or sometimes, if you don't live too far away from them, you can say, I'm going to the grocery. Do you need anything? chances are they don't need anything expensive you'll be very surprised that maybe all they need is maybe fruits or banana or something like oh actually i realized there's no banana please if you can help me get banana and they'll be so thankful that you got that for them so it's um basically checking in sending them food and trying to see if you can provide support so they can get some more rest definitely and maybe i'll add one more is to say that if you can you know just hang out with them not because you're trying to fix them but sometimes as well after a few weeks of um having the baby you begin to crave normal adult conversation yeah <laughs> like you just want to you want somebody that you talk to that is not just not answering you, that is crying or expecting you to change their diaper, you know? Right. So also just ask them, oh, do you want me to drop by? You can just, no, not even for any reason, you know? So that's also something you can do for them. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot to ask them. We're going to talk about mom friends. But I think yeah. we covered that. Is there anything that I have to say about that? No, I, I already said that um, it's better if you create your tribe before um, delivery. Yeah. And what I'll just say about mom friends too is, as a mom friend, be careful. And in making them also be careful 
because you really want friends that you have the same ideology kind of obviously you people's ideas will vary a little bit but not substantially right so not people who are motivated by maybe competing with you know you hear stories of people saying ah my baby has started working like we gave birth around the same time your baby has not started working those kind of things i really don't understand the purpose when you're telling my baby has not worked do you think i don't know <laughs> you know so you have to also be careful and i think that the best way to create make mom friends is to actually be an amazing mom friend i i believe that we attract the kind of people that we are mostly once in a while you meet people that are obviously not like you that are coming towards you but usually then you're able to just overlook those kind of people and not take offense in your difference because oh you actually already have friends that have the same um ideas as you or you have the same parenting technique that it's not about me it's not about gratifying myself or looking good and trying to make another mom look um incompetent it is more about creating support and community to each other so if you're able to find those kind of people it's really amazing especially here where you know you can have somebody offer to watch your baby say oh do you need to drop your baby over do you need to go somewhere do you have an appointment it'll be you know it's nice where you guys can do that for each other when they need help you watch all the babies or the kids Mm-hmm. And then in return, when you also need help in a few weeks, they're also able to provide help to you. Yeah, yeah. So reciprocating the love and the support too. Mm. Yes. Interesting, interesting. Wow. <laughs> I think we have come to the end of the show, have we? We've covered everything. Do you have any additional things to say? <laughs> uh, I, I believe I have said everything. Um, that comes to mind I'll just reiterate that every battle is won or lost in the mind so if you go into motherhood with the mindset that it's going to be challenging you've had all don't get me wrong it's not going to be a walkover but you were made for this you can you know you 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 definitely try um and some of the useful tips would be to create community, to have your own tribe, find the set of people that you can be vulnerable with. And I think I should also say that, um, ensure that you communicate with your spouse about how you're feeling. Um, sometimes where you're unable to connect with your tribe, because your partner, you guys live together, right? You, 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 you see each other at your highest and at your lowest. So in your first couple of weeks, as new parents or as a new mom, it's important that you are able to communicate how you're feeling with your spouse, especially because men, they're not mind readers as much as we ladies wish they are. Yes, true. They don't, <laughs> they don't know if you don't communicate, if you don't, if you don't say what the issue is, if you don't say, okay, what I need right now is for you to hold this baby for mm-hmm. one hour. Let me sleep with no interrupt. And please stop calling people so that they'll greet me. I don't want to be greeted anymore. Whatever it is, 
you know, you need to actually communicate what you want um, in that regard with your with your spouse, yeah. and it helps you because then they are able to support you the exact way you want it. They are not; they don't have to do guesswork and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the mental health too as a new mom. Yeah. Because if yeah. you don't ask for these things, you won't get it, and then you you keep getting treated. Yes, you you need to be able to ask for help. It's really challenging for people who don't know how to ask for help, but it's it's a culture you have to get into deliberately. At least if you can't ask anybody for help, ask your spouse for help. You know, both of you are parents to this newborn, and I'm sure that they would more than be glad to help, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Devola. Thank you for all that you've shared and um, I had a nice time. I'm sure Me you- too. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you. What's the name of your channel, your YouTube channel? I know you have a- So my YouTube channel is in my name, Adebola Adebayo, but if you're trying to search for it, just Google um, in the search bar, just put in life as Debola knows it and it's one word, um, it will come up. All right, like as Debola knows it, you've heard that, listeners. Thank you. If you listened to the end, thank you very much for staying with us. Um, I hope to hear your feedback and your comments. And please share with your friends. Share with your friends that are new moms, that are existing moms, about to be moms. And just, you know, just listen. And, you know, you can learn a thing or two even if you're not a mom or a parent. Or you're not even ready. <laughs> I understand your friends that are expecting or new moms and you know it's just great thank you thank you for coming here we have come to the official end of this podcast and until next time see you around <laughs>